You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry Sanderson on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Inside the Locker Room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And good morning. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of Inside the Locker Room. 205-342-9904. Always is the phone number if you'd like to jump in with us this morning. We'd love to have the phone calls. Uh, the X accounts at Locker Room 109 at Barry Sanderson at Wimp Sanderson. One email address for our show. If you want to shoot an email, Wimp and Barry at Yahoo.com. Download the Tide 100.9 app. To your smartphone, there's a chat box on there. You can send that. That will come directly to us if you choose our show. And we will read that out on the air if you want us to. It's that time of year again. The honeydew list is growing and the projects are adding up. The time is right to build that new fence deck pergola you've been dreaming about. There's no better product than Yellowwood brand, pressure treated pine. Yellowwood offers the best protection from rot, fungal decay, and termite attack. So your project will last for years to come. Head down to your local dealer. Go to yellowwood.com to find that. And always remember, if it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, then believe me, you don't want it. We've been getting a lot of phone calls uh, in the first hour, which we enjoy. Uh, we always have to kind of cut it short because uh, generally we have a guest at 730. But today, uh, Kevin Skarbinski had a prior commitment, so we moved him to the 8 o'clock hour, we will actually come on at 8.20. So the first hour will be wide open for your uh, phone calls. We got into a little controversy with Tom yesterday because um, I talked about people criticizing, uh, you know, this, this quarterback, criticizing these coaches and don't give it a chance to play out. And he felt like that was okay. Uh, that uh, And so we, we can discuss any of that if you want to. Good morning, Dad. How are you this morning? Uh, doing okay, Barry. Uh, last night in basketball, um, Alabama beat Arkansas State 89 65. They had seven more threes than, uh, which is 21 points, of course. Seven more threes in Arkansas State, kind of a lackluster game. Arkansas, uh, Arkansas, University of Arkansas beat Furman 97 to 83. We have, we'll have, uh, games, uh, tonight, um, We'll have, uh, I think it's four games tonight. The Ole Miss uh, plays Mount St. Mary's. George Mason plays Tennessee. Uh, Merrimack plays Florida. And Georgia Tech plays Georgia. Um, Alabama goes on to play Purdue, who beat Iowa last night. So we'll see what happens there. Cincinnati, the quarterback at Jacksonville got hurt, but uh, in the late, stage, late stages of the game in Cincinnati, football beat Jacksonville 34 31. Caleb Williams has decided he won't play in the bowl. Taylor Buckner, Tyler Buckner, pardon me, uh, is going to transfer and who is the backup quarterback for Alabama who didn't get in much is going to play lacrosse. He can play that. He can transfer and play lacrosse without having to sit out a year, which is good for him. Heisman Trophy has come down to four people who will be invited. Marvin Harrison, a uh, wide receiver, I believe he is from Ohio State, uh, is the only uh, non-quarterback. Uh, Daniels, a very good quarterback at LSU, is coming. And uh, Pinnock, 
uh, the Washington quarterback, who's excellent, Bo, who um, found a new home at Oregon from from Auburn, uh, will be the third quarterback invited. So there'll be uh, three quarterbacks and, and another player invited there. Uh, really, that's about it. We welcome your calls to uh, discuss uh, um, anything that you'd like to discuss that we know something about. And um, that's really about it. As Caleb Williams gets out um, of USC and not plays in the bowl, we're going to see probably uh, several people, a lot of, a lot of bowl games. We're going to see a lot of guys drop out for one reason or the other. So it's very difficult to see exactly how these bowls are going to go. But uh, they'll get started here before long and we'll be able to announce as best we can, what's going on there. Outside of that, uh, you're welcome to call. Uh, there's an article on uh, ESPN.com about uh, inside the room of the football playoff committee. And, you know, these guys got feelings as well, and they knew yeah. they knew what was coming uh, when when they had to choose uh, Alabama really over Florida State. I know people uh, act like it. Uh, Texas was never in doubt uh, they were going to be in. Um, and uh, one of the committee members said all of us had an emotional tie, like holy, holy S. Uh, you can use your mind to what he said. This is really uh, going to suck to do this. One committee member told ESPN, we talked about it over and over. We just kept coming back. Are they good enough of what they have to win a national championship? And it just kept coming back. We didn't think they could. So, you know, these uh, committee member, people want to bash them, uh, but they knew uh, that this was going to be a controversial decision. It was a tough decision, uh, one that they had to make. Um, you know, several of those guys on that committee or part of the ACC, uh, and Florida State has not. <laughs> uh, they've been out with the president, the athletic director, the coach, been very critical of this committee. Will that be a, will there be a, when the ACC gets together and they have meetings with all those people in the room, will there be, will that be a, some cold shoulders in there. No, there'll be there'll be a, a point of contention when the athletic directors meet uh, in Destin, uh, wherever they meet. There'll be some there'll be some uh, announcements, not announcements, but some feelings that, that where some of the, of course your uh, your ACC chairman was uh, North Carolina State, so you know instead of that really helping, it may have hurt. They may not have wanted Florida State, you know, to be in there so much. So. Um, uh, there was a rumor also that Texas was was uh, one of the teams that was about to be let out uh, before Florida State last night. The other rumor that came out was that uh, coach's telephone call telephone got uh, uh, his th- telephone number got distributed, and he got a zillion calls, a lot of them from Florida, with very, being very critical of him. Uh, he made a, he did come out and make a statement about that. Uh, so Cedric will be changing his <laughs> telephone number, and I won't I won't have the regular number anymore. I don't guess, but uh, they said that uh, he really he he was really disappointed that not I don't know words disappointed, but uh, you know, know that he they got, he got a batch of calls. Uh, once the phone number gets out, everybody says you do this, you can do that. They. Of course, they want to hear hear his voice when he says whatever he says. But so it wasn't wasn't good there. So anyway, the rumor was that Texas uh, was close to get, getting you know maybe not getting in. I don't think that's true. Uh, but uh, 
controversy continues to raise when you have when you have five teams in order to put four in. Um, you know, it's not going to please a lot of people, so that's the way it goes. Yeah. All right. Uh, catch that top phone there, Justin. Uh, we'll get to the uh, Yellowwood Hotline, and we'll get Tom into the show. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. Good morning, Barry. morning, Coach. How are y'all this morning? Good. Good. You know, the outrage about the decision that the committee made is 90% of it's fake. And uh, nobody gets that mad about football stuff unless there's other motivation. Now, with Booger McFarland and Tim Brando, it's uh, they just, anytime Alabama wins, anything, it drives them crazy. And, uh, and, and, and they're so prejudicial about, uh, things concerning Alabama. They just go crazy. And, uh, uh, and, and they really need to be, they need to be checked, uh, from saying things like they do because it has no merit whatsoever. Texas is the one that was in trouble. And, uh, I know everybody's going to disagree with that, but, the fact of the matter is, Gary had a very credible individual on his show yesterday who has credible sources tied to the committee, and he said Alabama was in no matter what, which leads me to believe uh, that, you know, if the SEC's closed, they're going to get in because uh, the caller last week that said uh, the commissioner of the SEC is the most powerful guy in college football, and nobody's going to make him mad, and I agree with that. That's what I said yesterday. Yeah, yeah in this article, it says there, there wasn't any serious, in the article that was on ESPN.com, there wasn't any serious consideration to include Alabama without Texas because there was so much respect in the room for the Longhorns week two win. So I don't, I don't know where Rodney Orr got that, but I don't think it's true. I don't think Texas, I think Texas was clearly in before Alabama. And they, they ranked them ahead of Alabama when they put them in. So why didn't they put Alabama three then? Uh, obviously they were ahead of, them, or Alabama would have been, would have been three, uh, playing Washington, not Texas. So here's one thing I don't get, Tom, and I want you to explain this to me. All right, you got mad yesterday at me, or I don't know what you got mad, but when I said that the Bama, Bama fans will never give people a chance, like they they criticize Tommy Reese, they criticize Milrow, and then we say we, 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 we criticize Freddie Roach, all right, which is fine. I get it. That's part of uh, talk radio. That's why we do it. But when... David Pollock does the same thing you do. He criticizes Nick Saban, if you want to call it criticizing. You fly off the handle and get really mad at David Pollock, but yet you do the same thing. What is the difference? I did the same thing. Criticizing like Freddie Roach? Freddie Roach? Oh, yeah, I did. So what is the difference in David Pollock thinking that I'm being critical of how Alabama's playing and saying that he thinks Kirby's better. Okay. What is the difference in that? Yeah, that's it's, fair. What's the that's difference? That's fair for you to say that, and and, and I get it. And uh, uh, I, here's where I came down at, and I, I agree that 
sometimes I get a little over the top. I, I agree with that, and I apologize. I don't apologize. But, uh, I'm just saying, there, the, what, why is it? Yeah. It's almost like, it's like, and then I'll let you talk. It's almost like, hey, I can criticize my son, Jack. I can get up, but if somebody else does it, then I'm like, wait a minute, you can't do that. You know, maybe it's, maybe we look at Alabama as like our child, I guess. I don't know, but uh, go ahead. What, what's your, what's your thoughts on that? Well, here's what, here's, here's what I was so uptight about with Paula. And it's, he sit there and said on a podcast because, uh, he can't talk anywhere else. He has to get it on podcast. That's first. Second is he sit there and he said that Coach Saban had lost it. He was no longer the king of college football. That's fine. That's a, that's an opinion. I get it. And that's okay to have that opinion if you think somebody's better than he is. And he thought Kirby was better. But then he goes on and says he can't coach uh, the discipline that he used to have, this, that, and other, and it's cost him and uh, that, this, that, and other. Then Georgia goes out, and they do exactly the thing that he criticized Saban about. And, and it was, uh, you know, uh, fumble that was a pivotal thing in the game, a false start on a field goal that they ended up missing. I mean, and he, they do the same thing. Now, he doesn't come back and say, oh, I was wrong. He goes, well, all, uh, Georgia beat themselves. Alabama didn't beat them. Georgia beat themselves. That's a lie. And, and the thing about it is people not holding these people to account. Matter of fact, I accused you of defending it, which I didn't think you should have done because he was wrong. And, uh, but that, that's where I was coming from. If, if it's okay to criticize, but be truthful. And be honest about it, and don't make up something. But but all right, he said I don't know exactly how he said it. You I think you added some stuff in there, maybe. But uh, he said that Alab that Georgia was a more disciplined football team than Alabama. Yeah, it, wait not. a minute, wait a minute. At that point in time, they were. So why is that wrong? Well, I mean, he said that because of the way Kirby was coaching that he is now the king of college football, but yet we beat him on the things that he said that Kirby was so good at coaching. Now, I may have all this wrong, and you're right, probably. If he said something about Coach Saban, I ain't, I, you know, I got I to gotta blow my two cents worth off. Yeah. Well, I don't know, Dad. Uh, you know what? You guys get so like Brand, Brando, Brando, and Danny Cannell and Booger. They they're trying to stir you up. You understand that half the stuff they say they don't really believe. Uh, they're just oh, yeah, they do. They're they, they hate Alabama. They, they probably don't like Alabama. Alabama. I don't know, Dad. You think Tim Brando hates Alabama? I think he dislikes them. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. He lost his job at CBS because of him ranting about I've had him on. every week. I've, I've had him on. The reason I've had him on is I thought it was controversial. and He uh, is? He's hard, he's hard to get on in, on these stations. So he's been, uh, you know, somewhat of a friend of mine as far as knowing him. And, and so that's the reason I've had him on. I, I've, I haven't called him. I had him, was going to have him on and something happened the other day, and I kind of left it alone. I don't want to get into all that. Yeah. Anyway, I, 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 th I think they add a lot to the conversation. But anyway, uh, Barry, I guess I was more my feelings was hurt because I thought you defended Pollock, and I didn't think he deserved your defense. That's what I think. Yeah, I, I just 
what he said was what I was talking about when he talked about Georgia was a more disciplined football team right now. Um, I think they were. Uh, now, did they play more discipline in the game on Saturday? No. Uh, so did give Nick Saban and his staff, give up, that game wasn't played yet. Uh, so give Nick Saban and his staff credit for having their team ready for making adjustments after that first drive that Georgia, I, I watched last night, uh, I don't know if you saw Cole Kublick and, um, I did. I did. And, and, you know, like football, is so like the level that Nick Saban and those guys coach, like what they the adjustment that they make uh on the field on the fly, like none of us know anything. For us That's to right. be calling in, criticizing what they're doing X and O wise is a joke. Oh, yeah. It's a You're joke. Right. Yeah. Based You're on what these exactly guys know. Right. <laughs> but you know, here's the thing I say though, and, and y'all understand this. You know, at the first of the year, calling in and criticizing what was going on with the team, and that just go with the territory. Yeah, it's part of it. It's part of it. Yeah. But I understand and, the and depths that they... I mean, we they, didn't say anything disrespectful. The depths that they look, understand they football is, uh, is crazy, and I always... I think people try to make football too complicated, but man, it is complicated <laughs> when you look at the adjustments and the odd, well, the way, odd, the, even. The world and, of being it is. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not the world we live in. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> Hey, thank you. I love the show. All right. Uh, Royal Cleaners, they want to make life easy for you. They'll come right to you, pick up all the cleaning, get it cleaned up, deliver it right back. All you got to do is dial 205-391-0034. If you want to drop off University Boulevard, Bridge Avenue, North Porter, 4851 Rice Mine Road. For all your cleaning needs, only one choice. Get those holiday outfits ready. 205-391-0034. Phone lines will be open. 205-342-9904. You listen to Tide 100.9. I see home of Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Towns and Nissan Traffic Center, no active wrecks. Things moving along pretty well. I do see some congestion and slowdown on Culver Road out by BF Goodrich. Now, if you see conditions, of course, give me a call. 205-886-8886. The year-end clearance is on now at Towns and Nissan with savings up to $10,000. Don't miss it. I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa Thread. Good Tuesday morning, a nine-year-old boy was part of a group participating in last night's West Alabama Christmas Parade downtown when he fell from a trailer and was run over. First responders on the scene acted quickly and transported the child to DCH Regional Medical Center where he has been treated for serious but not life-threatening injuries. The incident happened at the intersection of Greensboro Avenue and University Boulevard. Click TuscaloosaThread.com throughout the day for more local news. Don Hartley, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. Time 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. We'll forecast a good supply of sunshine today, the high around 60. Fair tonight, the low 38. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and cooler, the high 52. And the weather stays dry Thursday. The sky will be sunny, the high Thursday afternoon at 58. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 33 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Yellowwood, pressure treated pine from Great Southern. If you want to build, build it last. Go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer that is closest to you. Always remember, if it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want it. All right, going to the uh, 
app. Uh, Johnny G says, I guess he's referring to what I was talking about. Well, one is a paid sports journalist is supposed to report on a hundred teams and one is a fan of one school that calls a small local radio show big difference. Geez. Uh, I guess, um, what I was saying there is when, you know, dad, if like David Pollack, first of all, um, He's about as, from talking to Reese Davis, he's about as good a guy as you're going to find. Like, it was a shock when ESPN uh, let this guy go. Uh, and, I mean, he's on some podcast, uh, and he's talking about Georgia and Alabama, and he's a Georgia guy. I think Bama fans got a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit too sideways on what he said there. I don't think he's saying Kirby Smart's the best coach in college football in the history of it. I think he thinks Nick Saban is, but right now he thinks Kirby uh, is until maybe Saturday. Maybe Saturday changes. Man, did you have a big problem with what Pollock said? I didn't really like particularly some of the way way okay. he puts it. Way he put it, I, I felt like if you're going to make that comment, you might want to make it after the game, yeah, uh, rather than before the game. I, I don't. Uh, uh, I didn't. As far as him leaving where he left and this guy they put on, of course I don't. I don't watch game but day anymore. But uh, that was a uh, ridiculous. But but uh, uh, we're looking for fanfare. We're looking for controversy. We're looking for uh, who said what. And uh, I, I didn't. I didn't particularly calling both of them's name and comparing them to each other. I didn't think it was really necessary. Um, um, but, uh, I have a job, I have a problem that I keep my mouth shut on it with, uh, some of the people who are bashing Florida State for, uh, acting the way they acted and, and, uh, which is certainly natural, I think, to have gone undefeated, been the first Power Five team, uh, you know, not to get in. That doesn't mean Alabama shouldn't have gotten in. I think they should have. I think it was going to be the best game, but it was, you know, hard on those guys who played and worked real hard. You don't, you 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 don't you don't go off unless you've been in their shoes. I haven't been in their shoes. Uh, I've lost some disappointing games. This is important to me as this game was to uh, the lack of getting in. It was to Florida State, but um, I think when you get in people's shoes, um, I think the other thing. Um, the, the thing last night with uh, Cole and them read, read and react um, is uh, if you if you look at that and study it and look down at the offensive line and the things that uh, were done by Tommy Reese, not Tommy Reese set it up. He didn't do it. Uh, that were run by by Milroy and other players. You you could see that the. It's a very complicated deal. That's the reason I, I had Jack Crow on here to really try to explain uh, the difficulties that the difference in changes of defenses when you're running offensive stuff. And um, certainly uh, Tommy Reese is well thought of a little bit more now than he was, you know, when they, when they bashed him. So uh, it's just... There's some there's some kind of controversy that makes you listen and talk and, and makes your programs better. Uh, there's some kind of controversy that a little bit crosses the line for me. Yeah, I just think, <clears throat> you know, Nick Saban's earned the right and these guys have earned the right to let them, let them try to fix it. Like when you see something uh, that's not going well, they see it as well. Uh, and they're going to... Uh, 
study and look at film and do everything that when, when it's not going well and I'm and I mean if it doesn't go well for a long periods of time then you have the right I think to to, to criticize and say hey we need a change yeah. but uh, sometimes you you have enough credibility where it just kills a little bit of time and I hear people now they have been so critical of uh, this football team early in the year, and now they're all saying we and uh, sure. Alabama's this, that, and yeah. the other. We have a couple shows like that. They're very critical of them early, and now, man, it, we're the best football program ever. You well, can't, it can't be both ones. <laughs> I have people that do me that way that, that uh, who uh, at one point uh, text me that they're so critical and say bad things, and they say good. When I see the good things, I, I, I race it. I don't even read it. <laughs> I, just, I just raise it right down because I know I know what their feeling is. If it good, if it was a good game, good article. If it was bad game, a bad bad deal. So um, that that's you know that's the way it is. We're going to have uh, not only uh, some preliminary meetings by the offensive and defensive staff and get ready for Michigan, but you're going to find a a meeting with the entire staff at Alabama where there'll be some discussions about situations where people are going to leave not only alabama everywhere uh, people are continue to be dissatisfied with where they are but now that they can leave uh they become more dissatisfied uh they don't try to see through anything that they're doing so we're going to we're going to have some shocks uh with people at, at from the schools from the top of the list if you want to call michigan the top all that final four to all the way down, it's going to be a situation where you think about Nick Saban is is, is got is a numbers game. He looks at the numbers of players that he's can recruit because he's got a number of people that are going to leave. Now, I don't know a big number, but there'll be some leaving. And the first thing that we'll all say is, I didn't have any idea he was going to. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to the Yellowwood Hotline. And part of that is to people – uh, you know, people have certain needs with their football program. Like they really need this. So if you get in the portal, you're worth a lot. Uh, so you can make money on these situations. Now, are you to Yellowwood Hotline? Get Philip in. Good morning, Philip. Morning. Hey guys, how y'all doing? Good. Okay. Good. Hey, I was I was watching the the Louisville game the other night with FSU and Jesse Palmer called the game, and I can't remember who his co co caller was. To be honest, but. But all throughout that game, Jesse was pretty concerned about, you know, the way the game was flowing as far as the offense and lack of offense and just pretty much just, um, I mean, I don't know if you watched it or not, but it was, uh, it was not good execution across the board on, from either side. And, but he was, you know, focusing on FSU because of what was at stake. Sure. And, you know, it was, he was being honest that it was not, you know, playoff material, so to speak. And I don't think that was his words, but I, I knew what he meant. Um, but then later in the game, I mean, much, much later towards the end, uh, matter of fact, the clock may have been winding down and they were talking about the FSU's chances. And, and you know, all Jesse said was, well, yeah, you know, FSU's deserving. Which, and I understand that too, because when I went to bed Saturday night, I didn't necessarily feel that Alabama was in. I, I, I was higher after the Georgia game that we, that Alabama would be in. But after the FSU game, I thought, well, you know, FSU is going to make it because they were in the similar circumstances as 
Michigan and Washington undefeated and conference champions. So I felt kind of discouraged that Alabama would not make it. Well, I, I think I think you, you're pretty, pretty pretty accurate there. I watched the game, and I think mm-hmm. um, you know I, I I think the one thing that people are were interested in was score in that game. You know how bad it was a it wasn't a good game at all. Louisville, Louisville wasn't good on either, either side. Florida State was very good on the defensive side of the ball. And for being, being able to score 16 points with a third-string quarterback, they were very deserving. As far as having the best game and the best team, it, it, it was Alabama. But but mm-hmm. um, I heard his remarks, and, and um, you know, it seemed to me that he, he felt like a, a bigger score needed to be made, but the, the game was not a very good game to watch. Right. And that gets to what I'm talking about. And I'd like to ask you guys this. And honest, I honestly believe it. I, I believe that the committee was sort of sitting on the edge of their seats that night watching that game, if they could stay awake. Um, kind of hoping almost that FSU could score, get at least up to about 26 points. And I think that actually might have been enough to get them in. What do y'all think about that? Uh, and, and Justin, oh, so Joe, so. Joe Tessitore was with Jesse Palmer. Uh, that mm-hmm. night, I, I think it, when you when you're Florida State, you got a true freshman quarterback. He thrown four passes all year. Uh, mm-hmm. He goes eight for twenty one in the game, throws for fifty five yards. Now he's not going to be the quarterback if you get to the when they get to the playoff. Uh, the guy that has the uh, concussion is going to be the quarterback. You try to devise mm-hmm. a game plan to not let this guy get you beat. Uh, we're going to win with our defense. <laughs> we're going to run the football. Uh, so you told have a totally different game plan because you can't open it up and do what the committee probably wants you to do and score a bunch of points and look impressive. So you just got to figure out a way to win the game and hope that's enough. Uh, and so, you know, and they did that. And now they would have had a month to get ready to get this guy who was the backup quarterback, get him uh, where he's getting all the reps. You know, he doesn't get the reps when you got those other guys there. And so... But I think you're right. I think the committee was looking for a reason to put them in, and they well, gave them a reason not to by how poorly they played offense. Philip, Philip, one of the, one of the things, Philip, that that came into this all, off the back of their minds, without saying so, giving Alabama all the credit now, without uh, was last year's game with TCU. Uh, oh, yeah. They didn't want another fifty-six to six game. Uh, they wanted they wanted to come down to the teams that would give them the best games, the best four teams they felt like because the other team could not be as good as they had been because of, of their injuries, and the injury was a factor there. So I think in the back of some of them's mind, a little bit of the TCU thing came into effect. But I, yeah. I don't like when people say the TCU thing. Uh, because TCU beat Michigan in the semifinal. Oh, I but uh, I just mean no, no, you're right. But that's all people say. But let's yeah. talk. Let's talk about Michigan uh, because they could not beat TCU. So I don't like to say after these teams get there, then the games are played. Then say, well, they shouldn't have been there uh, because of how the game played out. No, you play your way there. And then we see what happens. You uh, want to go by the? You no, want to go by the? Barry, that was because TCU changed their signs the week before, so you know Michigan had the wrong information. <laughs> you want to go by all, all of you that listen to this? If you want to go by the rules, by the rules of the game, the real rules of the game, and what it says you can't do, Michigan should be in. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I don't know why they're not getting bashed. I do. I don't understand why people are. 
leave, leaving that alone. Uh, I would not have put Michigan in. Um, and so, I mean, if, you, if it's the four best, too, why is Georgia not in this thing? Uh, is Georgia better than Washington? I don't know, man. I'll tell you. Well, they're re- representing. They, they were they were representing a conference that uh, has been depleted, and and um, Washington, of course, is going to the Big Ten. And um, I didn't mean anything, but it, uh, it it you know I think they've tried to spread it out. I, and I, I continue to tell you a, a second a B a B part of that is the commissioner of the SEC um, was very very visible behind the scenes in, in talking about college football overall. We can't afford to go to uh, the Final Four without an SEC, turn, SEC team in the ACC. It's just not as good a league football-wise. Hey, uh, hey, Bear? Yeah. Got a question. Why, why did they do the, the basketball game last night like they did with the remote remote hosts and not at the game? Philip, I wish I could tell you. It, it's so frustrating. What they do? They had Joe Klein, and uh, I don't even know who did it with him last night. They were at home calling the game. Like, oh, they were? At SEC, it just means more. Uh, come on, people. They, I didn't realize they were at home. Yeah, because the start of the game, they were showed them, and they were at their homes. It, they're separate homes. They yeah. weren't even at the game. Uh, but the well, Arkansas you, game, you, which is SEC+, Plus, those guys were at the arena. So... I just the SEC continues to to me to slap basketball in the face uh, with, with cheap stuff like that. Uh, I don't know. That was cheap. Yeah, that's cheap. That was cheap. <laughs> that was cheap. Yeah, real cheap. I mean, that, I, 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 I just assume they'll get some students to call the darn game at the, at the yeah, arena. Yeah, I mean, and they would have been just as good. Joe Klein, anyway. Uh, Joe, so Joe struggles with that. They, Joe, they keep I like Joe Klein on there, yeah. but he's, he's not really He has no emotion whatsoever. Uh, let Chris Stewart and those guys call the game or whatever, but yeah. uh, um, I don't know. Um, and for some reason, with games like last night, I don't know what it is. Uh, if it's hard to park, hard to get up, people just don't go. Uh, there was nobody in that arena. It's, it's, getting, uh, it's, it's going to be a problem. When it comes time to uh, lock down Coach Oates, I'm telling you, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, I think they've got to, what we've talked about, get the new arena, get the with students from around, create a better environment. Well, I can tell you one thing for sure, Philip. They're going to get off to a good start in SEC. Yeah. but uh, Well, they got to go to, to Vandy to open. I hate that. Go to Vandy. Vandy's last in the league. Vandy's bad. I know, but they got to go to that doggone crazy place. Yeah. It's not crazy. It used to be. <laughs> thank you, Philip. Man, you're not kidding, Will. You're not kidding about that, man. Woo. Yeah, thank you, Philip. See y'all. All right, two men in a truck out at 1330 Martin Road East. That's where you go pick up your boxes, your packing supplies, whatever you need to make this a smooth. It was local, out of town, out of state, let the professionals handle it. They'll take great care of you and your stuff. If you just need uh, two guys to come out and help you uh, get ready for the holidays, they can do that as well. 205 247 Five zero five zero. That's two men in a truck. Movers who care. Mr. SEC Tournament, Wimp Sanderson, gives you his excellent analysis every weekday on Inside the Locker Room, right here on Tide 100.9. Welcome 
back to the Inside Locker. Go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer that's closest to you. Always remember, if it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want it. I right, get to the Yellowwood hotline. Get Ellis in. Good morning, Ellis. Morning. Hello. Ellis, you with us? I don't know. All right, we'll try, uh, we'll go up to the other, uh, line too. Get Tony in. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, guys. Y'all doing all right? Yes, sir. Yeah, we're doing fine. Excellent. Uh, coach, congratulations on your blue plate. You oh, thanks. Play. For sure. Um, yeah, guys, um, I, I guess, you know, when, when you got people talking about predictions and, and, and stuff that they think is going to happen the way it's people like Jerry Palm that, that kind of irritate me a little bit. It's not that he's guessing what's going to happen or even giving his opinion. He's giving his opinion like it's a fact, and if you don't agree with it, you're an idiot. And and that's what bothers me. I mean, I, it was after Alabama beat Georgia. He got on there and said, Alabama's not going to get in. Get over it. Uh, <laughs> just get ready to play a bowl. Get ready for next year. Sorry. Uh, Florida State's undefeated. That's the way it is, and we need to get over it. I mean, I, I mean well, and, he got a mad on that. Yeah, you're right. Oh, he did. And then that's the kind of people that bother me. I don't. I don't mind, you know. Other people saying, oh, well, you know, in my opinion, Florida State should get in. That's that's an opinion. That's fine. But to say it like it's a fact and you're an idiot if you don't agree with it, that that's bothersome to me. Yeah, and he's I supposed agree. to be more of a professional with that. And it seemed to me that when people get that way, they kind of have an agenda in which way they're wanting it to go. Um, you know, that's that's my opinion. There may be a, there may be uh, times when, when you get booted off something that you won't make so much controversy that somebody somebody down the line is going to like that and hire you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, well, guys, uh, you know, and I know the ACC, they have said, and I've heard many people follow this this, this whole little storyline here, is that well, the ACC and all was 6-4 and four against the SEC. Florida State, I believe, beat two SEC schools for one. I can't recall. I know they beat Florida and LSU for two. Um, but do y'all believe that the Pac-12 is a better conference overall than the ACC? That you take the Pac-12 or the ACC? Pac-12, a better yeah. a better conference. Well, it's not yeah, deep. football it's not, it's not. It's. I don't think it's just quite as deep. You've got you've got the two states, Oregon State and Washington State, are darn good, and then you've got the the, the uh, Washingtons and the Oregons who are good. That's four. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside Arizona. of that, it drops down somewhat. So yeah. I, I don't know. That's yeah, you look cool. at the top, uh, Washington, Oregon, Arizona, with seven to Oregon State, Utah. Uh, you know, Utah's generally a, a tough, uh, well, not US, quite as good. USC, uh, was down a little bit. Then you got Cal, UCLA, um, of course, Colorado was the worst. Uh, and so better than the ACC? Probably. Uh, if, if okay. You, yeah. The reason I brought that up is, y'all, Mississippi State beat Arizona. Yeah. Let that sink in. Mississippi State beat Arizona. The SEC was 2-1 and one against the, uh, the Pac-10. But the, see, they didn't want to bring that up. And yet, the same people that were saying that about the ACC was hyping the Pac-12 over every conference earlier in the year. I mean, Kirk Herbstreit said it, that they were the deepest, best conference in the country. Verbatim. That's that's what he said. Now, if you believe that, and and you and you know that the SEC has a quote unquote winning record over them, then it, where do they lie? So, uh, it, it just again, guys, it, it's all about 
I guess at the moment in time that you, you're making these statements, you might want to rewind, you know, take a look a little bit and, and, and start studying what you're going to talk about because I think people make blanket blanket statements like that and it kind of goes over some people's heads because they're not, they don't study this stuff. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, a lot of what people say just simply isn't true. Um, and and they, they you know, we, we all know people say stuff to fit their narrative and what they believe and uh, either way it goes, you can make it fit. But um, another thing, guys, is there any word on Nelson? I know, did he leave the game last night injured? Yeah, uh, Coach Oates did say in the press conference last night he thought he would be able to play Saturday. So it didn't sound like it was any long-term uh, thing there. I think they just precaution held him out. Uh, so I, I do know Coach said he expects him to play. Uh, I guess it right. was Purdue. Coach Anderson, what, what, what's your, uh, I know you, you don't think, I know you think Purdue's good, but not unbeatable like everyone, of course, they already have a loss, but what do you think is going to be the keys to that game for Alabama? That you're well, you play gotta, down you low? Got to, yeah, you got to do a good job of, of defending the perimeter. Because a, a big guy's going to get some and you've got to, you've got to figure out who can shoot it outside, maybe who, who can't and do whatever you need to do to front him. And, you know, you can front this guy seven forward and you're still not up there, of course. So you've got yeah. you've got to be darn sure, you know, to know their personnel on the perimeter because the perimeter is important because people are going to do everything they can to to, to stop the, the big guys. So I, I would I would think of the th- I, I don't know enough about Creighton. Uh, I don't think that Alabama will be Arizona uh, based no. on what I could, what little bit I've seen. Uh, the other two, I, I think that. I'm, I make hey, they beat Iowa naked last night, and uh, it may be that I'm dead wrong, but I think I think Alabama, um, you know, they'll play smart. They haven't played great defensively, and they're not great inside. But uh, right now, they could be maybe before it's over. But um, I think it's I think it's a a possible win, winnable game for Alabama. I, I, that's what I think, and I could be wrong. I, I agree with everything you just said. I. I'm concerned about our lack of defense and our lack of post play. Uh, there's a real possibility we could be six and five before Christmas gets here. Well, um, you take you take the league, you take the league and look at it right now. Everybody in this league has lost except the Ole Miss and South Carolina. Both mm-hmm. of them are seven and I know uh, uh, Ole Miss won a big home game against Memphis at home. South Carolina hadn't played anybody too much, but it's played better than I thought they would. I, I told Barry or y'all that I thought they'd be in the bottom four, and they certainly don't show that now, so I could be dead wrong on that. But uh, uh, the league th- th- thus far has had you know two and three losses by everybody. When 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 Wilmington comes in there, North Carolina Wilmington comes in and beats Kentucky at Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky is a little bit good and bad. Uh, Tennessee's a little bit good and bad. They don't shoot it well at times. Um, so I think it's going to be uh, an interesting league to see. I uh, can't really tell much about A&M. They did get beat in one game. So the top six have not done quite as well as I thought, but uh, we'll, we'll just have to see. Did you um did you have Arkansas in your top six? Yeah. Yeah, huh? They confused me a little bit. But, you know, they're going to be really good at home and yeah, they'll probably struggle right. away that's from right. home. So. They go, they're, they're, they're a team that's kind of good and bad a little bit. Arkansas, Auburn, and Alabama are the best with Kentucky, Tennessee, and A&M uh, as the others. And this one of them I had. Was, I was uh, surprised Auburn went to App State and lost. Uh, me too. I watched that game. And they, they, I was they, about to ask you all about that one. 
they just got them. You know, well, why, why, in other words, in another question, why were they going to App State anyway? <laughs> That's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> no earthly idea. I don't it make any sense. <laughs> I'm sure they were. the afternoon game, and, and guess what? App State uh, stormed the floor after the yeah, game. Yeah, I'm sure they got on the plane on the way back and said the same thing. What in the world did we just do? Uh, so anyway, thank okay. you, Tony. All right, y'all. Have a good day. All right, we'll take the break here. We'll get to Pat when we get back from break. Listen, Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we got a wreck reported on 69 southbound at Skyland. You can expect delays there. The minor wreck also on 2059 southbound just past Malisham Parkway. If you see other conditions, give me a call. The year-end clearance is on now at Townsend Nissan with savings up to $10,000. Don't miss it. I'm Captain Ray. Go inside the Alabama Crimson Tide with the Gary Harris Show. Hey, everybody, it's Gary Harris. Coming up on Tuesday's show, we'll have Rudy Armour, the Rocket Man, talking Bama football in the college football playoff, plus some Bama hoops with Drew and the Tennessee Titans report with Kayla Anderson, plus your phone calls. That's Tuesday morning at 9 on the Gary Harris Show. Catch the Gary Harris Show Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 a.m. on Tide 100.9 and Tide100.9.com. See America in Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Forecast a good supply of Sunshine today, the high around 60. Fair tonight, below 38. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and cooler, the high 52. And the weather stays dry Thursday. The sky will be sunny, the high Thursday afternoon at 58. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 33 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Pressure treated pine from great study gonna build that fence, the deck, the pergola. You want to build it to last. Protect against rot, fungal decay, and termite attack. Only one choice. That's pressure treated pine from great southern wood. Go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer. That is closest to you. Always remember, if it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want it. All right, to the Yellowwood Hotline, get Pat in. Good morning, Pat. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, at basketball game last night, I stayed to the uh, very end of it. That uh, uh, We did not have a great shooting night, but what I'm really concerned about is our passes, our turnovers. We had two turnovers to start that game That uh, before. I mean, we cannot do that against SEC competition. And I just I just can't understand why that's happening. Oh that uh did either one of y'all get to actually see the game? Yeah, I watched it. I uh, watched it. Yeah, I think the first couple of possessions, Brian Hodgkin knows Nate Oates scripts his first ten, but he played one three one. So I think it kinda caught him off guard. They did not work against one three one and so uh, they turned the ball over, uh, you know, the first couple of possessions because they, they weren't prepared, uh, to play against something that probably I don't think coach at Arkansas State has played all season. So that, that's why that happened there, Pat. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I'm very, very impressed though that, uh, how deep, uh, some of our three ball shooters are that, uh, that on the, as far as the bench goes that, uh, this is not, just a Grant Nelson show that he had early in the season, but we haven't seen that anymore out of Grant. 
Uh, what do you guys think that uh, the reason for that is? I mean, was those teams that we were playing that bad? <laughs> but those first few games, there, there was one game there. Of course, we were shooting, I think, what, 50, right at 54, 56% from three. And that, uh, but Grant was just, he could drive the ball, whatever he wanted to do. He did have a really fantastic dunk last night. But, oh, uh, we're not seeing the production out of him that we were. Well, um, Last night, Pat, they shot 13 for 31 from three. That's 41%. Uh, you would take that every night, shoot 41% from three. So, uh, yeah. yeah, they did shoot the ball better. Uh, Grant Nelson last night, he only played 16 minutes because of the leg injury. Uh, he was four of six from the floor, two of four from three, and uh, two of two from the foul line. He's got a rebound, but only had one rebound in 16 minutes. But he did get 12 points. Uh, Dad, I don't know your thoughts on Grant Nelson. Well, I think Grant Nelson's an awfully good player. I think if he's got a leg injury, he's he's not uh, a real physical type kid. Duncan doesn't mean anything to me, but uh, you've got three players on the team that are going to be the bulk of the scorings all year, and that's Sears and and, and Nelson and Strada. So those three guys are, you know, can sort of carry the offensive load. They got other guys who can shoot the ball well. This is not what I would refer to as a real physical team. Um, but um, it is a very skilled team basketball-wise, and they're going to have a good yeah. year. Um, yeah. Oh. So we'll see. Yeah, Coach, we got to blame this, though, on our uh, whoever the strength and conditioning coach is because I'm very, very upset. No, we just they just got those guys. You can't, you can't blame them on huh? the strength coaches there now because they just got, the, you know, Nelson just gets there. He's not. He's not going to be bulked up, or or the the, the kid from. Uh, no, I, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about the rest of them. Because when we get against a physical team, we're going to be in trouble. And I think well, that's, that's where the strength conditioning. Uh, <laughs> Man, I got three players coming back from last year. The strength conditioning coach could only. I mean, he's only had his hands on them for a few months. So uh, those guys, those Nelson, their bodies, like even Stevenson, they're not going to gain a ton of weight. Uh, that's just not how their bodies are. They'll, they'll get stronger as they go. But I know. Henry Barrera, and I've talked to Nate Oates about him, and I think they got the best strength coach in the country, to be quite honest with they you. Can't, they can't afford an injury to, to one of the three, as I mentioned, offensively-wise. Uh, they're, they're, they're playing a lot of people and getting a look at a lot of people. They're, they're going to end up with a, playing about seven. They're going to play nine, but they're going to play the last two of that nine, not not as many minutes. Yeah, I think Coach said Nick Pringle would be back this weekend, so he just wanted to get his attention. It sounded like he's been practicing well, so maybe he'll come back and play better. Thank you, okay. Pat. All right, we hope so on our Pringle better. There you go. All right, y'all guys have a blessed day. Thank Thank, y'all. Thank you, Pat. Uh, All right, we'll take this top of the hour break. I'll put the phone lines 205-342-9904. Kevin Skarbensky, we'll be doing front 820. Look forward to getting Kevin into the show. You're listening to Tide 100.9 as he home of Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Towns and Nissan Traffic Center, we've got a couple of wrecks on the board, one on 69 South at Skyland and another on 2059 Northbound near Mile Marker 66. If you see other conditions, give me a call. The year-end clearance is on now at Towns and Nissan with savings up to $10,000. Don't miss it. I'm Captain Ray. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a Town Square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. 
Here's Eddie Garcia. In the NFL on Monday Night Football, the Bengals surprised the Jaguars 34-31 in overtime in Jacksonville. Cincinnati winning on an Evan McPherson 48-yard field goal. Quarterback Jake Browning in for the injured Joe Burrow. Led 32 of 37 passing for 354 yards. Two touchdowns, one passing, one rushing. But the story out of this game is the other quarterback, Jacksonville's Trevor Lawrence, who had three touchdowns, two passing, one rushing, but left in the fourth quarter with what appeared to be a serious right ankle injury. Had to be helped off the field in the locker room. Didn't return. He was replaced by C.J. Beathard. He's going to undergo further testing today to determine the extent of the injury. Cincinnati's 6-6 six and six in the hunt for an AFC wildcard spot. Jacksonville is at 8-4. and four. In the NBA, we had a pair of in-season tournament quarterfinal games. Pacers beat the Celtics 122-112 behind Therese Halliburton's first career triple-double. Pelicans over the Kings in Sacramento 127-117. Indiana and New Orleans advance to the semifinals in Vegas. Hey, this Inside the locker room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to the second hour of Inside the Locker Room. As we kick off this 8 o'clock hour, I want to thank Andrew Kniffer. He's my Allstate insurance agent. Let Andrew become yours. He's over at 4705 McFarland Boulevard, Suite 3 over in Northport. Nobody likes to pay uh, insurance, Justin, but you got to have it, especially when uh, you come up with a problem there. And Andrew uh, will make sure you have enough coverage. you got the backing of Allstate, but the local uh, people here with he and his staff. So if you have a problem, they know exactly where to go, which is comforting. Uh, give them a call today. They'll run a quote for you, 205-722-9201. Andrew Knifer, Allstate Insurance. They'll look for the best deal for you. Um, I want to ask both of you guys, Justin, you and Dad, this question. Uh, you know, last year Alabama did not make the Final Four. They were just playing in a bowl game. Um, and now we know, you know, the transfer portal, uh, is open. Uh, and so a lot of people putting, get, getting in and getting out. And, uh, when you're going to Pasadena and you're going to play in the semifinals, does that help Alabama retain some guys that were maybe on the fence that they're scared to walk into coach's office now and say, coach, I want to leave because they don't want to miss this opportunity, uh, to play in the semifinal game. That game is not going to be until January 1. Uh, there, would that help them retain guys that if you're just in a regular bowl, you may lose guys? Do you guys think that helps keep people? That? Uh, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think if a guy's got his mind made up that, uh, he's, he's going to go, uh, he may, he may wait till after that's over. So maybe you're saying retain. I, I don't, I don't, people get disgruntled with things over nothing this day and time. And, Players do, and playing time is so important. Those that are borderline players are might have a chance to get money somewhere. And the two factors that where make you leave are money and playing time. And I don't really know the answer to that. I, I think uh, the excitement of getting to go to California to play in the, in the Rose Bowl is is there, and there may be some factor. I, I really don't know the answer to that. Uh, Coach said uh, on Sunday he was going to hang around. If you, if you had some issues, you want to talk about going pro or transferring, they were there to kind of talk it through with you. So I think he's trying to have an open door. Justin, do you think it, uh, you know, and I'm sure they're looking at 
what position they play and who's there and you know where am I on the depth chart now? All that's factored in. Do you think this helps them retain some guys that maybe they would lose? I think I I agree with with coach. It's I feel like it, somebody probably has their mind made up. I know if I was in the situation, I think I would think twice about it. I'd be like, oh man, I don't know if I want to go talk to coach and and we're about to go play in a playoff game, potentially national championship. More so, though, I think playing over in Pasadena benefits the people that are already in the transfer portal. They're looking at Alabama, and they're going, well, they're in the playoff. They just won an SEC championship, and they're going to go, well, this person's leaving from Alabama maybe, and they want to go fill in, especially just high school recruiting as well as we've seen with Bryce Young and Najee Harris. Yeah, yeah I'm sure they have a staff. Uh, that's all they're doing is looking at the portal, uh, who's going in, and that's somebody that could help our football team. And they're going to be very selective. Uh, that's why that Tyler Buckner thing is so mind-blowing to me as to why they took him. Um but they're going they're going to look at it as well. So they got people working around the clock, seeing he's going in and knowing what positions they need. So they they may pluck some a kid or two out of this portal, right? Yeah, I, I, the Tyler Buckner thing was taken for one thing, one thing on his injury. They're they're sitting there saying to themselves, if if Milrow or or the other kid gets hurt. We're down to one quarterback. At least we have somebody in here who wants to come, who's been a quarterback at, that I've worked under, talking about Tommy. Uh, we're, we're, let's cover ourselves with injury. And then when you have the fiasco at, at uh, South Florida, uh, what happened in South Florida is simply uh, that was the only place they could look at to see who the second-string quarterback was. And in doing that, Bill Rowe got his feelings hurt. And when he did, they didn't start playing it poorly, and the offensive and defensive line didn't play very well. And they they had a little bit of a turmoil there. Coaches were doing it for a reason, who the second-string quarterback was. Was that right or wrong? I have no idea. Uh, but uh, that's what they what they thought. Did they, did they determine that? Maybe a little bit. They knew that Buckner Kid was probably going to be third-string. So... Um, it's uh, you. You know more about the, the other two quarterbacks, Barry, than I do. The one from, excuse me, the one from Georgia, and the one from Louisiana. Where do they fit in? Well, Dylan Lonergan, you know, obviously we haven't seen him practice. The words that come out is they feel like he uh, has a chance to to be a starter here one day. So I think he's one guy they would not want to lose. I don't think they want to lose uh, Ty Simpson, Eli Holstein. I just don't think they'll. I don't know, uh, Justin. It'd be hard for him to stay and hold on to him. I think he's pretty far down the depth chart. You got the kid coming from. Lonergan's uh, where? Is he, is he Louisiana? He, no, Holstein's from Louisiana. Okay. Uh, Dylan Lonergan's a baseball player and football player. Okay. Uh, you got the kid coming from California. So that room's going to get kind of full. Uh, mm-hmm. and then especially if Milrow comes back, then they're all fighting for second. There's nobody beating out Jalen Milrow. They have not put him. All this time in with him, that is not going to be a quarterback competition <laughs> next year. If Jalen Milrow comes back, he is the starter. So, uh, Justin Buckner's out. Uh, do you, would you be surprised to see Eli Holstein out? And then the one that you don't want to lose is Ty Simpson, uh, there because I think they feel like, you know, he's a, a guy, he and Liner again, they'll have to kind of battle it out. I don't know your thoughts, Justin, on the quarterback. Yeah, room. I wouldn't be surprised if Holstein left and, I'll agree with you. I think Ty Simpson's Simpson is firmly 
at two. I think Milrow will probably come back, and Simpson's going to look to take over the starting role after next year. Where it gets shaky is Dylan Lonergan and Julian Sayan, who's going to come in. Um, from what we've heard about Julian Sayan is this is you know the next best quarterback to in college football. He's going to be the next uh, Caleb Williams, I guess, would be the comparison. Um, but Dylan Lonergan has also kind of heard the same thing. That's going to be where, in a year or two from now, we're, we're going to be picking straw. How did they get the sand? How was how were they able to get? I know they got the other quarterbacks from coaches he's hired. Uh, how did they get him? I'm just sure based off of uh, you know, Bryce Young yeah. and uh, these yeah. Guys from the West Coast coming to the SEC and yeah. playing well and been, been the number one pick. Uh, is he at the same high school as Bryce Young? Uh, I'm not sure about that. Justin checking that. But um, anyway, he went to the 11-on-11 camp. Uh, he was rated. He and the kid committed to Georgia were like one and two there. I think it flipped back and forth. So he's a little kind of like, not a very big kid. Uh, so he's supposed to be here for bowl practice. Uh, and so he will be enrolling uh, in school in January and be here practicing in preparation for this bowl. So, um, that, that'll get, that'll give them a look at him as well. So, yeah. you know, you, you look at like, well, Manning, will he stay another year? Cause if yeah, Quinn Yers comes back, he, uh, he already said he was going to come back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, people, would you, if you're one of these teams like Auburn, would you take a guy with just one year? Uh, yeah, get a guy down there for one year and then he's gone, or would you want a guy with multiple years to try to? Well, the build the, op- the quarterback situation is going to open up, and Auburn has plenty of hidden money. All they got to do is go to the right person, the right persons, <laughs> and they can get the hidden money that, that uh, the best quarterback they can outbid. They can outbid for a quarterback, and. uh I, I'm thinking that's what's going to happen to them. They're going to outbid. I don't know how they'll do against Maryland. Well, Maryland doesn't guard anybody much, but uh, um, I think I think that's what teams would start doing now. I think we saw it with Oregon this year, where they took Bo Nix and they kind of put together a great season. I mean, they couldn't beat Washington, but if they do beat Washington, they're in but the Bo's been there. Played two years though, right? Yeah, not yeah, he's, been there, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he's been there yeah. two years. Yeah, yeah. He I just know uh, you get a guy yeah. comes in like uh, Notre Dame. Uh, they got the guy from Wake Forest that came in. Yeah, he had a good year, not a great year. Now he's gone. Now you got to go get another one. And they're looking at uh, maybe Duke's quarterback. I think is going to visit Notre uh-huh. Dame. So you just keep a revolving door there every year. I, I don't I, personally. I'd rather have somebody. <laughs> Some continuity, a guy that's going to be there. Justin, the, yeah, the expectation that I—that's the ter- word I use all the time. The expectation factor for Bo at Auburn was never was so much that he never could please him. And so he, he and having played there in high school, Daddy had coached. He got the chance to go to Oregon because Oregon sort of liked him, and he—he he, he was more—he was more comfortable mentally because people, you know, people weren't biting at him because he didn't play perfectly and i think that's been a big factor there yeah uh be interesting to see what uh you know colorado's little deals died down a little bit yeah, uh, yeah. it's losing will cause it uh <laughs> they finished last in the pac 12 they don't have quite the glitz and glamour and uh-huh. i saw Dion was on hey about the portal all the hey i'm not hard to find we'll see uh how they do in this portal? They got coaches leaving. Uh, I don't know if he's shipping them out or they're shipping themselves out. Uh, so, 
that thing's kind of died down a little yeah. bit. Well, talk there. gets around, Barry. When you're a player that's been there, and all of a sudden you go, you're gone, and you get and you get a phone call from somebody that's thinking about going there. Uh, it, among kids and among daddies, but especially but among kids, talk gets gets very heavy about you know you know you may, you may go and you may be, be happy for a while, but if things don't go perfectly, you're gone. We, we've got them running in, and I, I think that's—I think you're right. I think that's—that's that's a big factor. I think people there probably too say if it doesn't, if something goes wrong with his son. He blames everybody else but his son. He's blaming the offensive line. So you better be careful. If his son comes back, then he cater to that son. So I think that stuff there's hurting uh, Dion and Colorado. Wayne's yeah. Pest Control served over 100,000 customers across Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi since. 1973. Let the great folks at Wayne's make sure your home is protected from those unwanted pests. Wayne's provides world-class termite protection, general pest control, and mosquito prevention services. They also keep that lawn looking lush and healthy. Give them a call today, 866-WAYNES-1, and get $60 off your initial pest control service. We'll take this break. We'll get Kevin Skarbinski in. You list the Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Forecast a good supply of sunshine today, the high around 60. Fair tonight, the low 38. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and cooler, the high 52. And the weather stays dry Thursday. The sky will be sunny, the high Thursday afternoon at 58. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 39 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Inside the locker room with Wimp and Barry on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. I go right up to the Yellowwood Hotline. He's a freelance writer. He writes for the Birmingham Leal.com. Also with the Coach Safely program. Joins us every Tuesday. A little bit uh, different this week. We've got him in the second hour. So the first, Kevin Skarbinski. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? Kevin. Oh, my uh, my Twitter account's still on fire. Uh-oh. <laughs> with Florida State fans <laughs> who uh, politely beg to differ <laughs> with my opinion. What is your opinion on that about Florida State, uh, Kevin? Uh, look, it's terrible. You know, look, I, I feel for them. They they had a great season, and you know, in a perfect world, they have a chance to play for the national championship, even with a backup quarterback. But this is the system that everyone agreed to, you know, some time ago when they went to the fourteen playoff. These are the protocols and the criteria that they put in writing and based on those protocols, those, uh, those criteria, that's why the committee chose Alabama as it should have. Uh, you, they wrote into those protocols that the committee should consider again. Now this all comes down to we're comparing comparable teams. Okay. 
if one team's clearly better, then then these factors don't apply. But if you're comparing comparable teams, and they are comparable teams, Alabama is the SEC champion. Florida State is the ACC champion. Uh, there's a one-game difference in their records. Alabama has one loss. Florida State's undefeated. So they are comparable teams. So that's when these factors apply. And the two factors that clearly helped Alabama and hurt Florida State, one, strength of schedule. Uh, the metric they use, Alabama's strength of schedule is number five. Florida State's is number 55. That, that's not just That's just not better. That's a lot better. There's a big gap there. And then the injured player clause, that if you are going to have a player who is unavailable and that player makes a material difference, it doesn't say this, I'm just, I'm, now I'm just ex- extrapolating, but that player is a significant player. Obviously, that's, Jordan Travis is their best player. They're not the same team without Jordan Travis. doesn't mean they can't win without Jordan Travis. Uh, but that's, this is the system that they all agreed to. So there, there, and, and I should add, and who was it? Was it the, who was it? Uh, I want to say the uh, athletic director from Florida State. One of the people, I mean, there were so many people firing off statements on Sunday. The president of Florida, it might have been the president of Florida State, who talked about, you know, not following, the committee didn't follow its own criteria about the importance of an undefeated conference champion. No, there's the undefeated, the word undefeated does not appear anywhere in the college football playoff committee's protocol. And, and it's pretty easy to understand because you didn't want a team like Liberty this year, Central Florida in 2017 that played a lesser schedule, but go undefeated, get in because they were undefeated. So for all of the, re- the committee did its job. It made the right choice. And, you know, it, and again, you feel for Florida State. You feel for those players. Yeah, we all remember Auburn in 2004 being undefeated. There were three undefeateds. There were only two spots in the BCS championship game. Auburn got left out. Was that fair? No, but it was the, it was the system that was in place at the time. And so that's what Florida State's run into this time. And all the arguments, what the real, I, I keep getting the, all of these arguments about, well, the, the SEC was seven and nine versus the ACC this year. Well, that's true, but let's look at who played whom. And I, I did a whole thread of this on Twitter and broke it down. Uh, you know, it wasn't that. That's not that's not the slam dunk that ACC fans or Florida State fans think it is. Look at who played whom in those games, and that'll give you a pretty good indication. If you're basing conference strength on Florida State beating Florida or Clemson in North Carolina beating South Carolina or Wake Forest beating Vanderbilt, uh, that's you're, you're really not making a valid comparison. Why is um, why is Michigan getting a pass? I don't hear anybody criticizing uh, <laughs> what they did. They blatantly cheated. Uh, I think they should be kicked out, but nobody even mentions it. Uh, I don't hear it, I guess, because he served a – Three-game suspension, like that's it. Uh, why is that not being talked about, uh, Kevin? Well, that that's a, a very interesting point, Barry. Why, why all this vitriol towards Alabama and the SEC? And, and and I think we know why, because the SEC, led by Alabama, has dominated both the college football playoff and the BCS championship. And so there is a built-in jealousy there. But that's a very good question. Michigan... Their coach was suspended. Put this in perspective. 
Jim Harbaugh was suspended for six of their 12 regular season games. Yeah. yeah. The first three and the last three. The first was self-imposed by the university because the NCAA accused him of lying in a different investigation into uh, contacting recruits during the dead period during COVID. For example, I think that's what that, that stemmed from. And then obviously we know the Connor Stallions allegations, which seem to have a ton of fire behind the smoke. So much so that the Big Ten <laughs> decided to suspend him for the last three games of the regular season. So that there is a serious question there. Why? Why is there no? There appears to be no outrage about Michigan's inclusion in this playoff. But the problem is, you know, the NCAA has not adjudicated the case, and I think that's the thing that the committee can fall back on. And as they said a number of, of times, they're not a, they're not an investigative body. They can't make you know they're not going to go out and try to find out what Michigan did. That's not their not their charge. It's not their capacity. So uh, so there's a little wiggle room on their part. But again, yeah, it is astounding to me that there's no outrage about about that. You can also say, well, Texas has a loss. Why is Florida State not upset that Texas got in and Florida State didn't? Because Texas is a conference champion with one loss. Yes, they have a marquee victory over Alabama on their non-conference uh, schedule, which certainly was a big boost to them. But look at their you know, performance in the conference. Look at who they lost to. Look at all the other, you know. Um, and clearly, though, and I think this is what this is what the committee came back to. You could not, in good conscience, put a twelve and one SEC champion Alabama in without putting 12 and one big 12 champion Texas with a win over Alabama in. Yeah. And so I think that's, I think that's what got, I think that's what got Florida state in the end. The interesting thing would have been if Georgia had beaten Alabama. So Georgia's in obviously, right? Yeah. So then would it come down if it came, I, I think the same thing might've happened to Florida state and Texas might've gotten the last spot. It would have been Georgia, Michigan, Washington, and Texas rather than Florida State. Same thing could have happened. We'll never know, though, because mm -hmm. it didn't. Yeah, yeah. We have four teams playing for the national championship. What happens at Alabama if Alabama wins it? What, <laughs> what are you suggesting, Wimp? I don't know. Are you on, I, well, I, that, I, sounds like, that sounded like a leading. <laughs> if I were a lawyer, I would object to a leading question. I'm just asking our fans, and I'm asking you as our, as our commentator. What happens at Alabama if they win it? I said, sem semi-jokingly, uh, I think even before they select, oh, I think I did this on Saturday after Alabama won, before we knew who the selection would be. I said, this is, I said, this is all going to end with Alabama beating Texas in the national championship game and Nick Saban riding off into the sunset, isn't it? And I, I said that, I did that, I said that on Twitter, I said, believe on Saturday. Somewhat tongue in cheek, but not completely tongue in cheek, and and so uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm still in the same place. I don't know if if that if if that indeed would be the case. If Nick Saban would ride off into the sunset on his seventh national championship at Alabama, his eighth overall, and obviously seven at Alabama would break a tie with Bear Bryant, would give him one more. You know, there's reasons to there there are some reasons to think. 
that he's at least thinking about, or at least in the moments that he's not grinding towards the next game, that he's at least giving it some thought on maybe he steps away this year. But I don't know that. I don't know that. I'll report that. If I get the the knowledge, I will report it, but I'm not reporting it right now. If you're an Alabama fan, if you're an Alabama fan and you knew if he won it, he's going to retire, would you want him to win it? Say that. I just asked. All I did was ask. No, say would you want would you want him to win it? Or you say, eh, we probably don't need to win it this year. Uh, would you? Would want, you, rather, would you, you know, it's, it's funny, Barry, because you know you can imagine that tweet I said got a lot of reaction, and of course, fans of other schools were saying, "We'll we'll take that deal. <laughs> Let him win it this year, so he's gone." Yeah, and yeah. then Alabama fans saying. Well, they're going to have a better team next year. We don't want him. To, he, he's not retiring. Where you? He's. It's amazing to me how many people just flat out said he's not retiring. There's no way he's retiring. How do you know? You don't know that. I don't know that. We, you know, we might think we might have opinions, but nobody, none of us knows really. Uh, but it was amazing how many Alabama fans were were certain or are seem to be certain that he is not retiring this year and. Look, maybe he won't. Maybe he'll win it and come back and win it again next year or try to win it again next year. But uh, I, I think it's the one in – it's what is it? Uh, one in the hand – I'm, I'm going to – I'm butchering the old saying, uh, one in the hand is better than two in the bush or something like – if you can win one, you win one, right? Because guess what? It gets harder next year because now you have to win more games. You have to play more playoff games. And maybe those games won't be as, you know, the first round games. Well, first of all, if you're in the top four, you get a bye in the first round. But does that that's make more it, games you got to play. More chances to lose. Does that make it harder? Make it harder? Or does it make it easier because you have a, at least you can get in. You got to get in to win it. Uh, yeah, well, it's easier to get in. You got to get in to have a chance. So you can, It's you easier to get in, in, but getting in has not been a problem for Alabama. Yeah. So from their perspective, it's harder. And then the more games you play, obviously, the more chances. Sure. Some a key player is going to get hurt, you know. And so, yeah, oh, it's even more of a grind. I, I, absolutely. Uh, Kevin, are we seeing these quarterbacks now? Uh, they're listening to Nebraska's coach saying quarter a good quarterback. We see what happened at Florida State. Uh, the quarterback goes down. How important a quarterback is to a team. So DJ Ungalele, I know I butchered that name. The guy at Oklahoma, the guy at Ohio State, are they going in now? Is that a, is this all a money grab uh, to, to get paid? Is that what these guys are doing? Well, look at <laughs> look at Washington. Uh, Michael Penix is in his sixth year. He's a transfer from Indiana. He had now he had a lot of injury issues at Indiana. But he's a six-year transfer. Look at um, Bo Nix. You know, they were right there. He's a fifth-year transfer. Played three years at Auburn, two years at Oregon. Had great success. Team after team he has found success with a transfer quarterback. Quinn Ewers is a transfer Yeah. at Texas. He, he went to Ohio State at first. I don't think he, I don't think he stayed very long. I don't think, I don't think he ever played it down. Uh, he may not even have stayed a full season, but he turned around. He, very quickly, he transferred back to his home state, to Texas. So time and again, it's proven to be a successful path for players to get 
find the best opportunity for them and for teams to find the right guy that lifts them and makes the difference in them becoming either a playoff team like Washington or a playoff contender like Oregon. And it's just, there's so many examples now. And Jordan Travis, you know, I mean, look, you talk about the value, the fact that he's not there, you know, whether it's fair or not, the fact that he's not going to be there is a big part of the reason Florida State's not in the playoff. His value uh, has been proven. Do you so, want a, Do you want uh, a, You want me to tell you about a good story you should write? Sure, you I'm need, always looking for good ideas. You need something to write? You need to write. <laughs> I have no shortage of ideas, but I'm always looking for new ones, Whip. I think uh, a great story is Bo Nix. You're talking about a guy that is played in his in his state. Never could please that the expectation factor was so large that you couldn't reach it. Um, the success was moderate. Um, the opportunity to go and to play somewhere else for two years, go across the country because you're sick of what's going on, particularly in your mind without saying so. And now to be one of the three quarterbacks in this United States of America to be going uh, with, along with one other to see who's selected for the Heisman Trophy is a big story, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I talked to Patrick Nix, his dad, who tomorrow will be coaching Central Phoenix City in the 7A state championship game, trying to prevent Thompson from winning its fifth straight 7A state championship at the Super 7 right there in Tuscaloosa. I'll be, by the way, guys, I'll be the I'll be the television host for all three days on Alabama Public Television, which has all of the broadcast rights this year. Uh, last year we did it on over-the-air uh, television. This year they have the streaming rights and the broadcast rights, so so I'll be your host for the Super 7, and we'll see Patrick in Central Phoenix City. But I talked to him a week or so ago. He was getting ready to go to Las Vegas. They had just won their semifinal, getting ready to go to Las Vegas. Uh, what What a breath of fresh air it must have been for Bo to go to Oregon to put the past behind. And, and, you know, again, there's a lot of good. He was, look, Patrick Nix is an Auburn man, as they say. Bo Nix was, as was the most Auburn recruit ever, or one of the most Auburn recruits ever. And yet, you know, the transition, he starts there under, yeah, he starts under Gus, they fire Gus, they bring in Harson, you know, one of the worst coaching decisions in the history of college football. That doesn't work. He plays one year there, and and he had highlights, like you said, Wimp. I mean, he beat Oregon on a – I mean, his first start, first game, he throws a touchdown pass to win the game. He beat Alabama in his first Iron Bowl as a freshman. Uh, but there were a lot of downs as well as the ups. And so he is a great story. And the fact that he was able to persevere, work through that. And let's be honest, he became a much better quarterback at Oregon than he was at Auburn. And that coaching, so coaching matters, environment matters, mental, the mental part of the game matters. He became so cerebral, not that he wasn't at Auburn, but his ability to understand the game and see the field and anticipate the defense uh, just became elite at Oregon. And maybe he didn't have that kind of coaching at Auburn. Maybe, again, I, I get the right coaches, the right teammates, that makes a big difference. I think it's a, uh, I would use that in recruiting. Uh, staying close to home is not a good thing. Uh, too many distractions, too many people around, too many people's opinion. Everybody knows you. Everybody's reaching out. 
You look at Bryce Young, those guys come all the way across the country. These guys that leave and get away, they can just concentrate on football. They don't have all these distractions. Will people use that in recruiting now uh, when they're trying oh, to recruit yeah. a guy that's far away that say, hey, if you want to be a football player, this is this is what you need to do. Get away from all your uh, your buddies over there, people trying to pull you all these different directions and just come here and all you can concentrate on football. It might be something to that, uh, Kevin. Well, again, it depends on where, what part of the country the quarterback you're recruiting is from. Yeah. If he's, that's the pitch you use if it's a, if it's an out of state sure. guy. If it's sure. an in state guy, obviously you yeah, flip stay it. Home. You're going to be the hey, most. Yeah. How interesting. How this goes straight to the heart of your point. There are three quarterbacks, uh, among the Heisman finalists. Every one of them is a transfer. Yeah. Yeah. Is there another story? And I, I don't, I shouldn't even say this because I don't. Is there another story um, on Bryce Young? Another story in terms of, be more specific, Wayne. Well, he's 0-9. Well, what what is it? Nick Saban, as he often does, offered a, a very, um, uh, he was an on-target observation about the quarterback position okay. that, Maybe of all sports, any position in any sport, the quarterback needs people around him to perform. For him to perform at sure. his best, so he's got to have an offensive that. line that I keeps him that. clean. Yeah. yeah, he's got to have skill players. It may not be yeah. a story there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I, again. See, this is and this is the this is what's uh, a the story of the problem. Fans. Well, well, yeah, well, what can be a problem? I know, they're already, you know how fans are. I mean, they're already throwing the towel. Why didn't they take C.J. Stroud, blah, 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 um, yada, yada, yada. But look, there's a reason they drafted first, right? Usually you're drafting first because your team is not very good. And you throw in a, that's the problem, too, when they throw in these rookie quarterbacks. Remember when you, you would almost never see a rookie quarterback start a game. They would take time to develop them. Take time to groom them. Let them learn the system. Let them get get comfortable behind a veteran. They, they don't do that anymore, and and often to the detriment of the young player. And so I hope Bryce is. I hope he's able to work his way through this and you know and come out on the other side. But yeah, you can you can severely hamper a young quarterback's development by throwing him into the fire with a team that's not very good. And that seems to be the situation he's in. You want me to give you a third story? Oh, keep, keep on coming. Barry, Barry side. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Will Kelsey marry Taylor Swift? <laughs> oh my goodness! Wimp, you gotta stop. You gotta stop watching. Uh, and, well, I don't even know what those shows are called. Entertainment Tonight. You gotta stop watching those. She, those, not, uh, she don't entertainment have. She don't have millions. She's got billions. She's moved into his mansion. She had like a moving truck come in and move like a lot of her furniture in there. He got a eight hundred thousand dollar home, which is which is that. no, no, no. He just bought a mansion down there. He got man. He's getting ready to move in, but she put a bunch of her stuff in there. So. Oh no! Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, Kevin. Tell everybody where they can get you. Find all your great stuff. Yeah, follow me on X slash Twitter. Uh, if nothing else, enjoy the enjoy the back and forth between me and Florida State and ACC fans, which is still going hot and heavy. Uh, you'll get a link to all my stuff. My my Monday columns in the lead Birmingham lead LEDE dot com. And then my newsletter, Scarbo Knows, which comes out on Thursdays. You can find it through 
AL.com slash sports. And like I said, watch Alabama Public Television Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Three games each day from Bryant-Denny Stadium. The Super 7 will hand out a bunch of blue maps. I get to be play Reese Davis Light as the host. Pre-game shows, halftime shows, post-game shows. We'll have... We'll have a cast of Wesley Britt's going to join me, Jack Crow, Bill Clark, Dewan Walker, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to be a great time. It's just great hey. to see those kids compete for state championships. They have, they have Nick Saban's phone number. They're going to get yours in Florida. What time is that game tomorrow, Kevin? <laughs> what time is that Thompson game tomorrow? 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock. That should be a good one. 7 o'clock. Yeah, right. that, that one's going to be great. Uh, the 5A game, Sarah Land and Gulf Shores. That's the evening game on Thursday. That they're both undefeated. That's six A, six A. Oh, oh, nobody calls. Oh, nobody calls Barry. That's your. Nobody calls Barry. Ask for your phone number. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Wait a minute. I got. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just got that mixed up. It is Sarah Land and Clay Chalkville yeah. in the six A championship. Yeah. That's one versus two. That's a game of the century type in high school. That's Friday night. Thursday night in the five A championship, you've got Ramsey, the defending champion against against Gulf Shores, which has never been there. They're undefeated. Um, you know, Mark Hutsmith, former college coach, just uh, all kinds of – Ronnie Cottrell is going to be there with Mobile Christian. Yeah, they cheated. Remember, everybody in Alabama should remember Ronnie Cottrell. Yeah, he's uh, – I, I talked to him the other day. He's He's got a very, very good team going for a, his first Alabama State Championship. He's won one in Florida as a high school coach. There you go. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. All right, tell me about Bob Prince and Prince Clover and Hayes. Three four five one two three four. That number will get you Prince Clover and Hayes. And if you have an accident, uh, you feel like the accident could have been avoided, or somebody comes after you and injures you, whether it be on the highways, whether it be in your neighborhood, or whether it be wherever, uh, Prince Clover and Hayes will visit with you on the telephone at that number three four five one two three four. And then uh, if they feel that's needed. Uh, and have explained to you the circumstances, you go to 701 Rice Mine Road and visit with them in person. After that visit, um, they will represent you, and they will do a very good job. Prince Glover and Hayes, 345-1234. PrinceLaw.net is the website. I always remember, if they don't win, you don't pay. It's a tied 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. No representation is made that the quality of services performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we've got a couple of wrecks on the board, one on 69 South at Skyland and another on 2059 Northbound near mile marker 66. If you see other conditions, give me a call. The year-end clearance is on now at Townsend Nissan with savings up to $10,000. Don't miss it. I'm Captain Ray. 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. Tuscaloosa Toyota, go to TuscaloosaToyota.com. We'll talk with Justin tomorrow about all the uh, inventory they got on the lot. That new beautiful Grand Highland there, the 2024 Grand Highland. You got the uh, the trucks out there. You got the Camrys. Uh, so they're ready to make you a deal. Swing by uh, Skyland Boulevard. They also go to the website, TuscaloosaToyota.com. Look at the new inventory, the used inventory. If you want to schedule a service, 
you can do it right there at the website. Once again, TuscaloosaToyota.com. All right, Justin, I'm going to throw that question to you. If you knew if Nick Saban wins the national championship, he is going to ride out to South Florida and get on his boat down there in Jupiter, Florida, uh, would you want Alabama to go ahead and take care of this national championship <laughs> this year if it means it's his last? I, oh man, <laughs> that's such a hard question. I think if, I I obviously want him to come back. I think he's got a couple good years left in him still. I mean, clearly we're the SEC champs. I wouldn't be disappointed, I think. I think if he retired and, and rode off into the sunset, I'd I'd say that that was good enough, and I think it'd be it'd be bittersweet. Um, but man, I'd be sad that he was gone. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, and that you talk about people talk about, and I hear people say they want to go out on top, uh, but I think that would be hard to do. Win it and walk away, uh, you know. But usually we don't walk away when we're on top. Uh, very few do that, uh, which I think it makes it extremely difficult and i was talking to a guy that knows coach really really well uh and i was asking him did he think it and this guy would know and he he said he didn't think so he's like man what would he do uh he just this guy's got to be busy it wouldn't be enough to occupy his time uh there but is it hard to walk away like that on top uh when you still have years left in you very very hard almost impossible yeah i like to stir it up yeah but his wife really you know a lot of times your wives uh are sick of it like but she seems to genuinely enjoy it uh like she really has a great time with it she loves going to the game she's all excited she were they were in the final four she knows how hard they work so they kind of have a system in place where she's supporting him she's not pulling him away from the work so that part probably makes it even more difficult for him because she seems to genuinely enjoy it. Not all wives uh, are like that, where they just, they're, they're bought in and they enjoy it and they don't wor- worry about how much you work. Uh, so, you know, we'll be interested. All right, we'll take this last break. You guys can call us, uh, 205-342-9904 and answer that question. Justin did not know how to answer it. Uh, so curious what you guys would say. You listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we've got a couple of wrecks on the board, one on 69 South at Skyland and another on 2059 Northbound near mile marker 66. If you see other conditions, give me a call. The year-end clearance is on now at Townsend Nissan with savings up to $10,000. Don't miss it. I'm Captain Ray. Philip 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. The forecast a good supply of sunshine today, the high around 60. Fair tonight, below 38. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and cooler, the high 52. And the weather stays dry Thursday. The sky will be sunny, the high Thursday afternoon at 58. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 39 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. Uh, Kevin's 
Skarbinski was talking about the, uh, the football playoffs. Uh, you know, Thompson taking on Central Phoenix City uh, tomorrow in the 7A. Obviously, a ton of uh, commitments and college prospects in, in that particular game. Uh, the 6A. Uh, which will be, um, a really good game as well. Sarah Land, um, will take on, um, I guess they're taking on, Sarah Land's taking on, who are they taking on? Uh, I can't even remember now. Um, I'm pulling it up right here. Let's see. Was it Clay Chalkville? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but that, those games will be at Bryant Denny Stadium. Uh, the AH, yeah, they're, Clay Chalkville, uh, yeah, it will take on, uh, those guys. So, uh, some, some great football here locally. Dad, I remember when the, the basketball tournament used to be here in Tuscaloosa. That was always a fun time. Now they play it up in, uh, Legacy Arena, but they rotate it now, uh, between Auburn and Alabama. But, uh, that'd be a thrill for those, uh, people that support those schools and those kids to get to play out there at Bryant Denny Stadium and play for, uh, a state championship. So nothing better than, than your high school days. Uh, so it should be some great games here in Tuscaloosa this week. Yeah, it should be. Should be really good. So, um, all right, uh, we'll get out of here. We'll make way for the Gary Harris show. Gary's in and ready to go. After Gary, you'll have the Miller's Edge uh, with Corey and Christian Miller. Uh, Big Noon Sports will come in at twelve o'clock. Uh, they'll go from twelve to two. And then Ryan Fowler in the game will take you home from two until six o'clock. Martin Houston get you started early in the morning uh, tomorrow at six a.m. We'll be back in twenty-three or I guess twenty-two hours uh, here. Uh, tomorrow. So look forward to having Bill Cameron on, kind of find out the vibes down in Auburn and, uh, where is Auburn going to go in the transfer portal looking for a quarterback? Are they okay with Peyton Thorne? I would think they're going to try to find better than Peyton Thorne. That's it for today's show. So keep it locked in. You list the tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Have a great day, everybody.